What is transgression is not sex. No, no, listen to me. I know probably say it. Falling in love is a problem. I don't have to be helpful. Wait, why do I have to be helpful? Look at our priceless art collection and I think, what a great country. I'm good for it. Welcome to this fortnight's episode of Humidum, coming to you live from our friend James's place, where we have in the background a dog making a lot of squeaking noises. Yeah, I don't know why we gave him the, the loud toy, but we did. And we're just going to have to endure it. Absolutely. <laughs> or maybe not. Dexter? Miriam, this fortnight we have a lockout-focused episode of Humidum. Why? Oh, because, you know, it's been in the news a lot and Mike Baird's told everyone that violence has decreased because of the lockout laws. But as everyone's been saying, funds decreased. Now, the lockout laws, which kicked in about two years ago, and they're coming up for review at the moment. And a lot of people have been commenting on the fact that Star City currently isn't included in the lockout zone. What do you think of that? I think that's absolutely disgusting because not only was... It, Star City was always the most violent place in Sydney. I knew a policeman and, you know, every weekend they'd be at Star City. Everyone's having a fight, everyone's boozed up, everyone's gambling and everyone's not happy. Mm. So why? Why are the lockout laws there? You know, everyone's out and about at King's Cross having fun. Everyone's in the city having fun. You know, wh- why, why is a casino any different from... King's Cross Strip. One of the problems when they initially introduced the lockout laws was that they justified it by saying, you know, this is going to decrease violence in this area. And what happened was there was an 85, 84, 85% decrease in foot traffic. So the number of people Mm. in the area. Absolutely. And as you said, you move people away from any area and the things people do will go down. Mm. Obviously, if you're on Tinder and you've swiped everyone to the left and now there's no more people in your area, you're not getting a match. Yep. So, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's increase the area. So what, they've just moved more people to outside the area. (laughs) This week's episode of Humidum plays into the current question about rationality and power. So when Mike Baird recently quoted 45% as the reduction in violence and didn't account for the 20% trend decline that was already happening, He was trying to shape the rationality of this issue, saying who wouldn't argue that the reduction was a good thing? The implication being that anybody who thinks factors other than violence should be considered are being irrational. Not so. If your sole concern was the prevention of physical harm to people, then you'd ban private cars and have only public transport. You'd ban alcohol and tobacco outright. You'd ban sports and you'd never cut funds to public health and education programs. The best op-ed at the time the lockout laws were introduced was produced by The Australian of all newspapers. It said, New South Wales changes would not have prevented recent deaths. It goes without saying that we deplore the senseless violence of an alcohol or drug-fueled punch against an innocent stranger, especially when it leads to a death. But knee-jerk reactions to individual incidents should always be avoided. Governments govern best when they act in a calm and considered way, informed by a rational assessment of the facts. So the Australian's on point. Part of the wickedness of this debate has been the ongoing recourse to the arguments put by the parents 
of the boys killed in these attacks. Mike Baird deferred to how transformative his meeting with Thomas Kelly's parents were. Speaking to the Sydney Morning Herald, Ralph Kelly explained, People can still go to nightclubs and gain entry prior to 1.30 and stay there until early in the morning. We don't need to pull the lockouts. It doesn't make any sense at all. We'll see an increase in violence again if that occurs. Mr Kelly also said Premier Mike Baird categorically assured him in September last year that the laws would not be changed before February 2016. Let's leave aside the fact that February 2016 is now essentially passed or the ludicrous situation where the Premier of the entire state of New South Wales is making a promise to one man regarding legislation that affects 7.5 million people. Think about Mr Kelly's words. It doesn't make any sense at all. It may not make sense to someone who's suffered an immense tragedy, but circumstance like that is the radical exception, not the rule. And there are, in fact, many sensible ways to prevent violence like this happening in the future without this sort of blanket, stupid approach. Um, In terms of proper legislative and judicial process, allowing these emotional plays disproportionate voices is bad for good policy. The emotional state of a victim's parents, while, of course, tragic, should have zero bearing on policy. Of course they're devastated. They have every right to be. However, the point of the justice system is to remain impartial and rational, and the best public policy is made the same way. Claiming that the end game, as he says in the paper, is the prevention of violence and saving lives is frankly emotional hysteria. That's the start game. If the end game is simply existing, well, we achieve that at birth, and we might as well be hooked up to food tubes like in The Matrix. The end game of human life is something richer. Joy, fun, friendship, cultural, moral and intellectual growth, all of which are enabled, for some, by participation in the nightlife of a city. James Morrow wrote in the Daily Telegraph, Given that the current regime of lockouts, along with rules on what time you are no longer trusted with an actual grown-up glass and need a plastic sippy cup and restrictions on buying a bottle of wine after 10pm, started under Barry O'Farrell and have been strengthened under Mike Baird, it's fair to ask just how liberal is the present New South Wales Liberal National Government? This is an excellent question, but I'd also like to ask one more. Is this government more concerned with rationality or with power? We're joined now by roving political operator Vanaxis. Now, can you tell us, Vanaxis, why has this been the issue that's taken the shine off Mike Baird? Mike Baird had always been very successful at controlling his media image and coming across as quite young and energetic, and particularly compared to a lot of other Australian leaders, in a way that allowed him to energise millennials and Generation X. A great example of that is when he turned up on Back to the Future Day last year in the DeLorean to Parliament House. And that got him a lot of shares and it gets him a lot of sort of positive feeling. And that goodwill allows him to expend some political capital. So, for example, he can butcher the West Connects, sell hospitals. But because he's been cool, that has allowed him to sort of, you know, chase the liberal agenda. But unfortunately, Sydney is dying. Uh, Youth unemployment is huge. Um, A lot of these hospitality jobs have vanished because so many venues have closed. And then people going down into the city have nothing to do. And people on the outskirts, so people in Parramatta and Newtown, are now having an influx of revellers, but they don't have the transport systems, they don't have venues of the right size, they don't have the capacity to take those sorts of people. So everyone is getting this rolling unhappiness. 
Yes, I understand the lockouts are very popular with people over 65 in suburban areas for whom facts apparently don't matter anyway. And so they think it's it's a good measure. Whereas people that are actually either going out in the city or relied on that work, they're getting really disappointed. And it's the sort of thing that shares on the internet. So that that's what's chipping away at him because this is perceived as something that's uncool. Whereas selling off a hospital or shutting down TAFE, that doesn't really get shares. It gets shares by certain people, the left, members of the Labor Party, members of the Green Beer, average Joe. It's not that they like those things or they're in favour of them, but it just doesn't motivate them in the way I can't go to my favourite nightclub anymore does. Any policy he puts forward, he seems to be able to sell. The privatisation of the power is really unpopular, but that's happened and everyone's happy and he's he's got good news stories as far as transport and so on goes. It's almost like this has been the issue where he overstepped the mark because that Facebook post, he was condescending towards everyone in New South Wales. That cost him. Oh, absolutely. These laws are definitely written in mind with the casinos and to benefit the casinos. And I know that they're based on the ones in Newcastle, but they were written there as well to help benefit a lot of people that were going into the honeysuckle developments. They no longer wanted things like the brewery and whatnot, staying open late, attracting a certain type of people. They wanted to get rich inner city people going to restaurants instead. The problem is, is that Sydney actually didn't have the perceived problem that it had and it already had a lot of people going to trendy wine bars and there'd already been this evolution into getting it away from big, huge, sleazy nightclubs into small after-hours venues anyway. And it's just killed all of it. Conservatives have a real thing about stepping back and seeming weak. So for the over 65 bracket, it's very important for him to keep upsetting people under 35. It doesn't really matter what issue it's on because there's nothing There's nothing that makes the baby boomers feel more secure than other people losing their entitlements. You know, chasing the right conservative, the things that sound good to men at the pub, the things that sound good on Alan Jones... The ALP can never do it properly without breaking its own soul, and we can never go hard and fast enough to beat the Liberals at their game anyway. So the law and order auction is a disgraceful, horrible thing, and we execute it poorly. Um, And what I would like to see is that not just the return of good policy based on evidence, but if they're going to be politically pragmatic and shrewd and Frank Underwood-like, I would like them to actually be good at it. Wrapping up the Naxxus... Will you be at the protest on Sunday? Um, I did have plans to go down to that protest, but unfortunately I have to travel 8,000 hours by public transport. <laughs> and look, I'll be, I'll be doubly honest. If I'm going out in Sydney, I plan to go out afterwards and there's nowhere to go. I never explain anything. I You're doubt many of my colleagues spend a lot of time yeah. with you, Sophie. <laughs> when the lockout laws first came in, and I wasn't really au fait with them, I didn't know that... Bottolos closed at 10 and they didn't serve anything else. So I'm drinking all my alcohol at home. Obviously, when you're anticipating going out, you drink everything and then you've got to go somewhere else to get more. So I went, I was going to someone's house and God forbid I show up without alcohol. That's terrible. Arrive at this place in Erskineville, walk in at about 3 to 10 and they're like, sorry, you can't come in. We're closing, we're closing. And I said, I'll just buy something quickly. Turned around broke probably about 10 bottles of red wine. They went smashing all over the ground. And I said, look, I'm really sorry. I'll pay for this. I'll pay for this. They said, don't worry. You need to leave. Our tills are closed. Just get out. So, you know, I was probably up for $100, $150 worth of broken alcohol. Mm. And they just, the tills closed. The tills shut down. Mm. It's like Battle Los Angeles. It's just awful. So... 
I mean, that's a waste of money and wine. Absolutely. Um, and that business has been damaged by that. And I can't believe they're basically saying, get out, don't worry, we'll write off 10 bottles of stock because of these crazy lockouts. Mm. And Alan Jones actually said, well, let's throw to what Alan Jones had to say now. Stark raving mad government thinks that the lockout laws have solved the problems or will of alcohol fueled violence. It's a mindless overreaction. You can shoot up heroin in King's Cross, but you can't buy a bottle of Chardonnay after 10pm. You and I can't be trusted to buy a bottle of wine on the way home from the theatre because we're likely to belt someone. But we can fill our veins with heroin. We can shoot up in the safety of the taxpayer-funded safe-injecting room and walk the streets like a zombie capable of God knows what. Is someone, has anyone in Macquarie Street got half a brain? Preface this by saying I do actually support the medically supervised injecting room. And I've been there. I've, I've been in there and I think it's a fantastic... It's a fantastic solution for, to drug use, but lockout laws isn't a good solution well, to drinking. And, and he does go to the point, which I think really matters. You can't buy a bottle of Chardonnay after 10pm in Sydney. Yes. And some people are hanging at 10am. Some people are hanging for a drink. Mm. I mean, what if a girl's just broken up with her boyfriend and she thought uh, two bottles will be enough? By 10 o'clock, two bottles is not enough. No. You need four bottles. You need to sit at home with your friends and cry. Now, that poor bitch can't get anything after 10 o'clock. That's part of the problem that I think that you and I have found. Yeah. You get to 10 or 11pm and it's not that we're – I mean, we're certainly not antisocial. I hate people who are violent. Mm. But we get to 10 p.m. and can't go and get a bottle. Yeah, and 10 o'clock's generally a, a lot of the time for a lot of people, the start of the night. Well, you go out in another country and it's Nothing starts until story. 10. Mm. And you know what? Backpackers come over here looking for a good time, looking for fun, as I did when I was backpacking. They, at 10 o'clock when they go out, group of them go to buy drinks. They can't. Now, is the solution lockout laws or maybe the solution is to get security guards that aren't dickheads and aren't dumbasses and have the right qualifications to assess people? Well, and not only that, and now you know, I, mean, I, I sympathise with that because I've been kicked out of the courthouse hotel at Newtown when I had had one drink and he mm. kicked me out for making a speech. Yes. Which I think is disgusting unqualified, had no idea what he was doing, no idea what he was talking about, just a fuckwit well, on a power trip. I was at Coogee Pavilion mm. with my friend Kevin mm. and he got went out for a cigarette, wasn't allowed back in because he was too drunk. No, I went out, I was stumbling, I was an idiot. Mm. I was allowed right back in. Mm. And so I went back out and had a discussion with the security guard. And we narrowed it down to the reason I was allowed back in is because I wasn't wearing a bra. Mm. Now, what's going on here? I'm allowed to do anything because I'm not wearing a bra, but my friend Kevin wasn't allowed to go have a cigarette. And it's not just lockout laws. It's all the laws with, you know, clubs anyway. They need better assessments, better laws with getting in and out of the club rather than just stopping everything. And more police and the the massive thing, more transport running into those areas. So the cross used to, and it probably still does, but the cross used to stop trains heading out of there what, two in the morning or yeah, something? Yeah, it, it, it was you couldn't, pathetic. It, the whole thing shut down. And then there's never enough taxis. If we're prepared to tolerate 24-hour drinking, smoking indoors, mm. exemptions to environmental standards for the casino, if we're prepared to tolerate it because we acknowledge that some harmful behaviour 
for the individual is fine because you have to have personal responsibility for your own life. Why not the rest of the city? But this is the thing, Pat. I mean, I love Sydney and I love Australia, but my God, Sydney is boring. It's it is so, so boring. boring. And mm. now it's not filled with boring people, but it's boring. Mm. You go out for dinner and you're at dinner and perhaps you're with six people and the sixth person didn't bring a bottle of wine and you're going through those five bottles very easily. Maybe at 10 o'clock, oh, I'll just pop next door. No, Sorry, can't. That's the worst part. In Sydney... There's, you have to have dinner early, so you're generally getting a booking by like 7, 7.30. Yeah. Um, depending on the place you're going to. But when you leave dinner, you can't buy a bottle of wine on the way home. No, and it's In many ways, the disgusting. thing that annoys me the most about the lockout laws is the 10 p.m. shutdown time on bottle shops. Yeah, that's, I, that's the worst thing I find yeah. because I'm not a violent person. I've never hit anyone in my life, but... I want a drink of alcohol after 10. Yeah. I want a drink of alcohol after 11. I might want something at 2 o'clock in the morning. Kebabs are served at that time. Why can't you serve alcohol? Exactly. And mixed with alcohol, we turn into raging brutes. Distorting reality. Gentle listener. (laughs) Gentle remaining listener. Uh, we have a new segment on Humidorm this week. I'd like to welcome to the studio Jenny Sonta, life critic. Yes, I feel it's important to have those in your life. Why? Well, things need to be criticised. People, places, books, films. And uh, the name of your segment is The Spew Review. <sighs> yes. And you are going to enlighten us week on week with your opinions. Anything that can be spewed on, we'll spew about it. So, so this week uh, we thought we'd look at... One of the greatest human atrocities in recent times. As everyone knows, the Hottest 100 is now a pile of shit. And we're going to talk about one of the greatest atrocities in it this year, Drake's Hotline Bling. One of the greatest human atrocities in recent times. Never mind uh, the mass exodus of refugees from Syria. Never mind ISIS's slaughter of the Kurds. Hottest 100 placing Drake at 14th. Is on a par? I think it's accurate. Anyone that's got eyes and ears has ripped them and stabbed them out respectively, ripped Mm. them off, because it's hideous. (laughs) How that can be called music and how that can be put in a supposedly alternative countdown for the whole year, it's just appalling, and uh, I think it should be wiped from human memory and records. Drake's career should be ended? Well, it should never have started. (laughs) Frankly. Well, unfortunately, I was subjected to it on Australia Day. See, I would have thought it would have been a joke. If that came on and it's between, I don't know, whatever pop folk artists they've got on now, I don't listen. I would have been like, is this a joke? Is this like they've brought back some old presenters to play a joke on people? Because it's not in the realm of alternate music at all. And in the realm of pop music, it's just terrible. So Now, what we were thinking of doing for this uh, was live commentating a playing of... Hotline bling. Yes. I, I feel that's the only way we listen to it and watch it so you don't have to. That's right. Let's have a listen. Let's have a listen. So this is Hotline Bling by Drake. Now, due to copyright issues, it's going to be playing on the TV in the background. That's right. We wouldn't want to um, cross any lines. I wouldn't want Sony Oh, look, my... I think rappers need to get over bitches with big booties. It's done. So, I mean, to give you a sense of what, gentle listener, to give you a sense of what is happening at the moment... What, Drake's in a sort of a yellow box? Yeah, he's is this kind symbolic, of in this, do you think? Uh, well, maybe in a box of his own lack of musical talent. 
filled with his own piss because it's yellow. He does look trapped by it. He does look trapped, and he looks like he's done a lot of G, and he's attempting to dance. I, I do note that most of the film clip he dances like he's having a stroke. That's right, but I feel like he um is not interesting enough to have a stroke. No. And if he did, why did someone film it and put some coloured lights on him? That's just unfair. It's, it's a medical emergency. Bring it on. Like, someone should have been calling an ambulance. That's right. And uh, Although, you would also think that maybe most people, like us, hate Drake. Mm. And so they wouldn't bother calling an ambulance because they don't want him rescued. Yeah, they've tried to make it some kind of art house piece where... He can drown in his piss box. <laughs> and they're putting him in this owl jumper. Like, who wears owl jumpers? No. The fashion in this film clip is a crime because not only does he wear one of these puffy vests in a box full of his own piss, he just wears a pair of trackies with a low crutch. looks like he's uh, shat himself. And um, then he wears a skivvy slash turtleneck. Now, that is the worst piece of clothing anyone could ever wear. Here he is in a pink hallway in his low-hanging tracksuit pants and skivvy. Now, what do you think the pink hallway is symbolic for? And, and as I ask this question, there's maybe a Drake's... woman squatting on the floor, presumably taking a dump. That's how Well, it's... I think maybe it's an indicator of Jake's massive vagina. Jake's vagina. Yeah. The pink, the pink box that he's stuck in. He's travelling towards the pink light. I think he's going inside his own vagina in this film clip. I think so. I think that's a fair call. Yeah. So I think that uh, a lot of the female backup dancers, they're sort of... She's having a bit of a yawn and a stretch. I mean, I hate her. But I mean, she's bored. She's bored. She's bored of being she's in this film. Like, and then there's the other couple that look like they're seriously trying to shit themselves. Because I think yeah. they realised, oh my God, I'm in a Drake film clip. How did this happen? It induces diarrhoea. Yeah. But Basically. I actually think it's suicidal diarrhoea. They're actually trying to kill themselves the only way they can by shitting themselves to It's death. extreme self-evacuation. <laughs> and I feel that that's warranted. I think so. Look at her, look at her. Maybe if they got called up and thought, oh, I'm going to be in this rapper's video, it'll be Snoop Dogg, I can smoke some weed, I can hang out with Eminem, he's like, you know, okay. Mm. Oh, it's Drake. Oh, now I'm going to shit myself to death. Because I'm I'm trapped in this room Mm. with no discernible edges, exits, or objects. The only option I have, because I can't hang myself with my clothing, there's no hooks. There's no hooks. The only option is to shit yourself to death. Yeah. I feel that they've taken... And I feel presented with the same scenario, being in a Drake film clip, I'd do the same. That's right. I, I, absolutely. You know, the reason he's able to survive this is because he's existing in this yellow piss box. <laughs> yeah, but the music itself, it is non-existent. It sounds like I went into my shitty old music rooms at high school mm. and pressed the pre-recorded sounds on the keyboard yeah. and then hit loop after about 20 seconds. Yeah. I don't need to listen to music that I can produce when I was... 16. Now, um, what do you think of Drake's dance moves? Well, I mean, we mentioned the word stroke. There's a lot of finger finger usage, like a few jazz hands that I think he's really mixing his genres there. It looks like he's about to bust out into a tap dance, not, you know, be a supposedly hardcore rapper and fuck those bitches that are in his film clip. The only thing holding him back from um, going into a tap dance is his lack of talent. (laughs) Well, that's right. I mean, and then there's this girl here who can shake her ass a lot and she looks pretty cool, but... But actually... Instead of doing anything interesting, he's all jazz hands at her, then goes to sleep on her bum. The problem is that girl who you thought was shaking her ass was actually having a drug overdose. (laughs) And that's why her legs are sort of collapsing. Well, yeah, she, yeah. 
She also looks like she's about to drop it, Phoenix, doesn't she? <laughs> Look, here you go, guys. Well, she face. is dropping it, Phoenix. She just dropped and it. what does he do? He just goes and shoves his face between her ass cheeks. Well, he goes. Like, to this have... is a medical emergency, and he's yeah. what's he doing? He's raping them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like hand movements, and it's it's just very strange. Mm. And there's a bit of robot. They're doing the robot now. Oh, and that's the end. They're back at the call center. So is it? Did it? Did it even happen? Was there any meaning to that film clip? Don't listen to Drake, I think, is the greatest meaning you can take from such things. Jenny Saunter, thank you for this week's Spew Spew Review. Welcome to Ask Us Literally Anything, the segment where we will literally answer any question, as long as you commit it to writing and send it to us. That's right, we cannot answer questions that you've just thought up in your head because then everyone would know about my psychic powers. I'm William Buckley, and I'm almost finished lashing together a makeshift ra from flotsam I found on the beach, ready to wade out into the tumultuous sea of questions plaguing our beloved listeners. This week, we have a theme, Sydney lockout laws, and our first question, without further ado, is as follows. I have just walked out of ARC at 2.10am and foolishly forgot that the lockouts are on. What can I do? Well... Critics of the lockout laws would have you believe that there is nothing that you can do. However, with a bit of creative thinking, I don't think that's the case. There's plenty of things you could do at Oxford Street at 2 in the morning. You could sit down in a gutter and start working on your memoirs, as long as you don't mind tapping them into your smartphone. You could play a game and try to see how many cockroaches you can count without moving your neck. You could curl up in the fetal position and wait for death. Or... You could go and find some innocent person and punch them in the head, potentially killing them. Funny how that can still happen, even with the lockout laws in force. Our next question is from a supporter of the lockout laws by the looks of it. Why is everybody so up in arms about these lockout laws? I lock my elderly mother out of the house all the time and she's still alive. Well, I'd like to rebut that. I don't think she is. If the situation is as I'm picking it up, she might be alive in body, but I'm sure the spirit of the mother you once knew and loved has been dead for a long time. Our final question. Can the last person to leave Sydney please turn out the lights? Well, not so much a question as a request, but I will answer it. And I am picking up on what you're putting down. I understand that well, the thrust of what you're saying, but I'd like to answer that literally and say that I don't think they will be able to turn out the lights because I'm assuming whoever's left in Sydney as the last person will be suffering from such acute depression, they probably won't even have the energy to lift their arm and flick the switch. This episode of Ask Us Literally Anything was brought to you by Sydney's Lockout Laws, slowly killing the town we once loved. Flesh-eating zombies. Oh, my disgusting man! Demonic hill beasts. Never-ending. It's just like the whole Gina's hole. Final thoughts, Miriam. Oh, final thoughts are, so we're becoming a city of boring people that can't eat. Or, or we're becoming... We have a government that treats us like children. Yeah, and, and we're it's, not. it's it's awful to think. And, you know, we're in our 30s now, so we still have some remnants of what it used to be like. When I turned 18 on the Central Coast, gosh, anything, anything went. Anything, and that was on the Central Coast. Yes, anything went. So 
I still have that. I go, well, you know, it used to be this. It was great. But, you know, kids these days or young adults, you know, in their 20s don't know anything before the lockout laws. And so they don't know what it's like to be young and make those mistakes and be drunk and fall over and just be silly. They don't know it. And I find that sad because I really lived my 20s and the people that are 20 now get to live a really boring alcohol-free life. You make some of your best friends in the gutter outside a club. And in the toilet when you're talking to other girls. I'll never see them again, but geez. (laughs) It just it pisses it just pisses me off. Like Uh, there's a protest there's a protest this Sunday uh, regarding the lockout laws. What message do you want to send to the protesters opposed to it? Well, I'm not going to the protest. I can't be bothered with any of that. Fair enough. Um, but I certainly hope all these protesters are pissed while they're doing it. More power to you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's humidum for this fortnight. <laughs>